Hello humans, you are listening to the sensation of the moment. Be careful. If you are an ignorant person who will not expand your knowledge, then leave as soon as possible from here. What's going on guys? Welcome to the third episode of The Cool Historians. Before I start, thank you, thank you so much for listening to my last episode about Caligula. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. And today we are talking about another historical figure. It's Yuri Gagarin, the miracle of Soviet Union. Let's go make some history. Starting by some brief overview about Yuri Gagarin. He was the first person to fly in space. His flight on 12 April 1961 lasted 108 minutes as he circled the Earth for a little more than one orbit in the Soviet Union Vostok spacecraft. The third of four children, Yuri Alexeyevich Gagarin, was born on 9 March 1934 in a small village 100 miles from Moscow. As a teenager, Gagarin witnessed a Russian fighter plane make an emergency landing near his home. This was the first time that he was so fascinated about flying. He and his family were thrown out of their house by the Germans during World War II. They had to live in a dugout in the garden. Gagarin was interested in space even as a child. He joined the Aero Club in high school, making his first solo flight in 1955. After that, he went in military flight school, when he met Valentina Goryacheva. They had two daughters, Elena and Galina. In 1960, the Soviet Union chose 20 pilots, including Gagarin, to begin training for a human spaceflight. Such pilots were considered optimal because they had exposure to the forces of acceleration and the ejection process, as well as experience with high-stress situations. Gagarin, a 27-year-old senior lieutenant at the time, and Gerban Titov were the final two potential spacemen. The interesting fact is that they were chosen not only for their excellence in training, but also for their short stature because the cockpit was small. Gagarin was only 157 meters tall and therefore he was the chosen one. Before taking off, Gagarin wrote a letter to his wife, saying he likely wouldn't return, but he didn't give it to her. She found it after he returned home. He had to relieve himself on the way to the launch pad. And now, modern cosmonauts do so as well. They leave the bus and stand at the left wheel of the bus to relieve themselves, so it needs to pee. On 12 April 1961, at 9.07 am Moscow time, the Vostok 1, which translated as East in Russian, would go into space. When he set up for space, Gagarin was dressed in a bright orange spacesuit and a helmet inscribed with CCCP painted in red. The painted letters were a last-minute addition marking Gagarin as a Soviet citizen so that he could be recognized after parachuting to safety following ejection from the spacecraft. Because no one was certain how weightlessness would affect the pilot, the spherical capsule had a little hole in the way of onboard controls. If an emergency arose, Gagarin was supposed to receive an override code that would allow him to take manual control. But Sergei Korolev, chief designer of the Soviet space, disregarded protocol and gave the code to the pilot prior to the flight. And that's the moment. Gagarin took off with the words Poyehali, let's go, in English. Over the course of 108 minutes, Vostok 1 traveled around the world once, reaching a maximum height of 327 kilometers. Gagarin ejected from a space capsule when it was still 7 kilometers from the ground. He then deployed the parachute at 2.5 kilometers in altitude. Some people argue that Gagarin does not qualify for the title the first man in space because he didn't land inside his aircraft. This in fact is really debatable because he landed 26 kilometers southwest of Angels, Russia. 
Two schoolgirls were the first that witnessed it to landing and described the huge ball that bounced on the ground as it landed. A farmer and her daughter came upon Gagarin dressed in his orange spacesuit and dragging his parachute, and of course they backed away in fear. He told them, don't be afraid, I'm a Soviet like you who has descended from space and I must find the telephone to call Moscow. Amazing, huh? Upon his return to Earth, Gagarin was an international hero. A cheering crowd of hundreds of thousands of people greeted him in Red Square. A national treasure, Gagarin traveled around the world to celebrate the historic Soviet achievement. Even NASA congratulated the Soviets on their space achievement. And then sent their own man, Alan Shepard, into space one year later. The audio that I'm going to show you right now, it's an interview of Gagarin from BBC on July 11, 1961. He's asked how much space did he have in the cabin and how was flying into space. Да, в кабине космического корабля очень просторно, гораздо просторнее, чем находиться в кабине самолета. Yes, it was quite roomy. In fact, it was far roomier than in the cabin of a jet plane. Um, while we're talking about the, the, the ship in flight, um, there's one small mystery which I think possibly you may be able to clear up for us, but perhaps not, but I'd like to try. On the day when you were making the fight on the day when Moscow Radio was describing you making the fight. There appeared in our uh, communist newspaper, the Daily Worker, the report that the flight had been made successfully and that the flyer had returned to the earth. And that report was dated from Moscow the day before. I'm sorry to put this at such length, but this created the impression, of course, that another flight had taken place and you had flown second, and nobody has ever dispelled this yet. Will you do it now? Могу совершенно компетентно вам заявить, что, очевидно, корреспонденту этой газеты было известно несколько больше чем тем людям, которые занимаются в нашей стране непосредственно космическими полетами. Now I can assure you quite authoritatively that evidently the correspondent of that paper felt he was better informed than the actual people who are in charge of this work in the Soviet Union. May I have a question? When he returned home, Gagarin became a deputy of the Supreme Soviet of Soviet Union, the highest legislative body in Soviet Union. Because the Soviets did not want to risk losing one of important public figures of the time, they were hesitant about allowing Gagarin to return to space. Unfortunately though, on March 27, 1968, Gagarin was dead. He got killed along with another pilot while test piloting MIG-15, a jet fighter aircraft. His ashes were interred on Cosmonauts Avenue, outside the Kremlin in Moscow. A crater on the moon by NASA's Apollo 11 mission is named for Gagarin. Also an asteroid is named 1772 Gagarin. Every year, people around the world celebrate Yuri's night on 12 April, and this year is going to be his 60th anniversary. Gagarin is often held up as an example of character and heroism to younger children in Russia. But was Gagarin truly a hero? Even though it's a big debate if Gagarin was a hero or just another fortunate person without bringing much value to society, he should definitely be given credit for a great development that the astronomical sciences have later after him. Let us not forget that if it were not for Gagarin, maybe the mission to the moon would happen years later. 
Even though Nikita Khrushchev used it as a propaganda tool to show the world how advanced the communist system of the Soviet Union was, anyway at the heart of his operation was the development of people's knowledge. What do you guys think about that? Send me a DM on Instagram, cool historians, and see you the next episode.